Welcome to Between Me and You, where taboo is our favorite subject. I am your host and big sis, Natasha Porter. This podcast is brought to you by Row 9 Productions, and today I am joined by Jeff. Yes, 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 here in the flesh. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you feeling today? Good, good. What's going on? Uh, not much, not much. You see what I mean? <laughs> I said I was going to go in the accent. And here you are in the accent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So today I kind of wanted to... I guess let's first talk about, you know, why we're doing this. Yes, let's do it. Um, so actually a few years ago, I mm-hmm. wanted to do a podcast with um, my cousins, your mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. um, because I really wanted to. Well, first of all, at the time, podcasts were popping and I was like, I yeah. want to hop on the train. <laughs> um, and then also, like, I really wanted like a space where. I feel like we could talk like candidly Mm. Um, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time and I just thought it was such a fun idea and cool to just like sit around and kind of like just talk about whatever talk yeah yeah, you know talk yeah and I really wanted to do that and then of course like it was like yeah we should we should and then never really right uh, nothing really happened um, it's like trying to plan a trip to go anywhere. Oh it's my like, god, oh, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. That's so funny because yeah. my girlfriends are actually trying yeah. to plan a trip with me, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean. um, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, so that happened. Yeah. Let it go. A few years later, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. maybe a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, you were like, hey, uh, do you want to do a podcast yeah, about man. like you know young people and what mm-hmm. young people are going through? And I was like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so kind of here we are. Yeah. Um, and I can kind of speak to that too. Like, I think for me, I kind of had the same like, um, idea or like ambition. Like I want a space where people who are, even though I'm getting a little bit older now, but like my age and younger can kind of like have that space to speak about <laughs> things openly, you know what I'm saying? Without any judgment or fear or whatever. And to also get some like real advice from those of us that are a bit older, that's like real and not like filtered through whatever lens, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think this is um, an attempt to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know like a lot of times, like sometimes you'll go and ask people for advice. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, I can tell you this much, but honestly, <laughs> like I don't even know myself. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how much I should be telling you. Right, right. Uh, I don't know if I'm telling you the wrong thing in yeah. your parents' eyes or exactly. like what. So yeah, it's tricky. But yeah, and then there's also like a lot of things that you know I wished that I had somebody to talk about when I was younger. Bruh, yeah. And I just never had that, so I'm hoping that this space is that for you know people that are younger than us, are the same age as us. Yes, or yes, yes. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So today. Uh, I guess we're going to start off our first episode uh, strong and talk about mental health. (laughs) Okay, yes, yes. And, you know, this is actually like a pretty like popular topic, I would say, over the past Mm -hmm. like past few, maybe like the past few five years or so. Um, So I'm excited to, you know, to talk about it in this context. Yeah, I think um, what's funny is that it's become a popular topic to talk about, but Mm -hmm. like still like it's weird to talk about yeah you know what i mean yeah it is it is it's like it's weird to talk about but also like sometimes it annoys me to talk about it because i think so many people um i guess like use like certain words Mm -hmm. that kind of get on my nerves now (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like such a hot button topic in that way that it's annoying a little bit Mm -hmm. but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a very real topic and it Mm -hmm. also is something that we should be speaking about it just sometimes is a bit annoying i guess (laughs) i know what you mean because even when i was going through like my whole like trying to figure out my mental health thing i was like i don't want to say i'm depressed because like am i depressed or am i just like really sad like is like this situation just sucks and i'm just like oh it sucks or like am i legitimately depressed like i don't want to be one of those people you know it's like the the term now is very <clears throat> Excuse me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a pick me girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, yeah, I yeah. did not want to be a pick me girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So I was just like, let me just not say anything, right? Because right. I don't want to be the person that's like, I'm depressed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. 
but I mean, I guess I could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I got pregnant when I was seventeen, had a mm-hmm. baby at eighteen. Uh, and there was like a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Right. So. That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot to get into right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, in my life. Um, just a lot of things. And now you are your, so that was, how many years ago is that? Just so we can get that was, some context. Oh my gosh. That was five years ago? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm 23. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some math. Um, so uh, at that time, um, I guess I kind of like self-diagnosed myself mm-hmm. with like prenatal depression. Mm-hmm. Although at the time I didn't say any of that, but um, what was funny is I had a friend come over to my house and they were looking at like some of the pictures I have on the wall. Yeah. And there's this picture of me on my 18th birthday from that year that I have hung up because mm-hmm. it's of me and uh, my boyfriend. Yeah. And that day, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, we can relive that because it was, it was a nice day. Yeah. Um, I was having like a horrible week. Like mm. it was really bad. Um, and I like didn't get out of bed all week. Mm. I wasn't talking to anybody all week. Mm. Um, it was a lot of people like trying to get in contact with me, but I just like, I can't, I, yeah. I can't speak to anybody right now. Mm. Uh, I was not showering. <laughs> <laughs> A little stink. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Like it was, it was a lot for me. And yeah. then um, at the time, he wasn't my boyfriend. Yeah. But he came over, and he was kind of like the only thing that actually got me to sit up in my bed. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, brought me a birthday gift mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and it was really sweet. Um, and I finally got out of bed and took a shower and like got dressed, and we went out to dinner. Him, myself, and my family. Um, and it was a really good day and I was like explaining the picture to the friend mm-hmm. and I was like, but sometimes I look at the pictures from that day and I remember like how horrible I was feeling. Like mm-hmm. there were days where I would just like lay on my floor and yeah. like wouldn't move all day. Like I remember specifically like my mom came, uh, into my room one of those days and I was like, I was coloring. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, she's out of bed. And she, like, called my current boyfriend. She mm-hmm. was like, she got out of bed. She's dressed. Like, she did her hair today. Like, nice, nice. It was, like, a huge deal. Um, and for me, it was just like, nah, I was just sad. Yeah, yeah. And, like, now I'm okay. But, like, looking back at it, like, that was, like, it was a very traumatic time for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Again, looking back, like I, I guess I'm self-diagnosing. I had mm. prenatal depression, right, right. Um, which I didn't even know was a thing until I had postpartum depression. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, so wait, so throughout your entire. So I guess just for some context, which is why I'm curious about this mm-hmm. is for the audience. As you know, I am a fourth year medical student, mm-hmm. so I have some medical like knowledge. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Throughout your um, time in your like prenatal like appointments and stuff Mm -hmm. had they spoken to you about the possibility of that being there so they didn't actually speak about like prenatal depression like there's Mm -hmm. a survey that you take Mm -hmm. um and and it's like you have to like check a certain amount of things or like be feeling a certain way Mm -hmm. in order for them to be like hey let's refer you to a therapist yeah um and i don't know if i was just like in denial or what it was i probably was in denial because it was just like a lot you know yeah i mean like i've seen those because we (laughs) have to use those even um i was just on a pediatric rotation Mm -hmm. and we have to do the same thing with kids too and i wonder like how many of them are actually being truthful truthful and because some of the questions are like are you so sad you don't want to do something and it's like just by the question i know what you're trying to you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so am i always going to be truthful to answer that question you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and then i also wonder too like um again i don't know the data behind it but like how much those surveys actually catch depression you know what i'm saying i really Um, don't think they do because sometimes because i'm one of those people that like i'll like i did like the love languages quiz and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i'll like think way too far into it like (laughs) i'm the person that you don't play would you rather with because i'm like okay 
But yeah. is how big is the spider? Right, right, right. And right. how big is the room? Is right. there stuff in the room? Like, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get as much context as possible. Right, right, and right. like those kind of questions are just very vague. Yeah. That I'm just like, of course I don't want to do my laundry. Yeah. Like that's anybody, you know? Yeah, um yeah. so maybe I was in denial, maybe right. I was just like reading way too much into the survey or whatever. Yeah. Um, but nobody maybe ever referred me to anything and it's funny because I had a doctor that I really liked Mm -hmm. and I felt like really comfortable with and even in our first appointment like me and uh my current boyfriend Mm -hmm. baby daddy whatever you want to call it um (laughs) shout out to your baby daddy (laughs) (laughs) we were like kind of like arguing because it was just Mm -hmm. all around a weird situation that we were in um and so he was like he was Honestly, he reminded me of uh, Uncle Kurt. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just, like, really thankful to have a black doctor Mm -hmm. as my OB. Right. Um, And he was very, like, fatherly Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And And I guess for those of us that don't know, Uncle Kurt that we say is, like, he's a physician himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But he's also, like, a really, really close, like, family friend of ours. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so... I guess that made me feel comfortable, but for whatever reason, I wasn't comfortable enough to be like, hey, I'm feeling this way, mm-hmm. and I I don't really know what it is. I don't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, and again, that could have just been like, the mental health conversation wasn't really, it was just starting to become like a big thing, like yeah, people yeah, were yeah. talking about, because I was what, in my first year of college then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like something that like all my peers were starting to talk about. So yeah. it was still like new to me. And again, didn't want to be the pick me girl that was like, hey, I'm depressed. Right. Um, and then also in the black community, it's not really something that I was just going to say that you too. talk yeah. about. <laughs> and I feel like it's even more so in like Caribbean households. Too oh, yeah. As well. Like the idea of being depressed is I feel like so taboo, you know, and like like I feel like mm. our parents take it as like disrespect if we yeah. say that we're depressed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like. It's, it's so weird because as a people, like, we've gone through so much mm-hmm. that I feel like the idea of being sad over something, an event, and letting that affect how you are able to move in the world, I think makes it, it, it almost seems, like, minuscule, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems mm-hmm. very, like, silly to let any event in life affect you to the point of being that sad, but it's, like, it's real, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think in our household, Caribbean household and black household, um, like the amount of trauma that we have experienced does not allow us to look at these things as being real, which is why I think for me, even it's even like annoying, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, I think in some way in my, like in my mind too, even I'm looking at it like you're sad over that. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? There are so many bigger things in the world to be sad about, you know what I'm saying? Or like as a people, we've gone through so much stuff. It's like, how can this small thing cause you to feel or have such a big impact on your life? You know what I'm saying? And again, that's me theorizing, but that's what it sort of seems or feels like sometimes, you know? No, I totally get it. Yeah. I didn't really myself like, well, first of all, that brings me to a whole different yeah, thing yeah, of yeah. like, you know, <laughs> parenting and yeah. all the things that I disagree with with right. a lot of like our parents' generations mm-hmm. of parenting and all that stuff, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, but I think me having a child mm-hmm. and, like, seeing him have those big emotions over, like, not getting another lollipop mm-hmm. or something like that has made me more mm-hmm. sympathetic, empathetic. Speak about that. Like, why is that? I think because, like, so in college, I was mm-hmm. a psych major, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did... Uh, a semester where most of my classes were on like child childhood development and yeah. how like um, children like learn how to regulate their emotions and all those kinds of things mm. um, and then that was just something that really interests me so I kept like researching it and mm. then um, I think like a year and a half ago we found out that Absalom was autistic mm. um, who's your then, son? yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. thanks for providing all the context. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that made me look into like how autistic children like think and how they have like trouble regulating their own emotions mm-hmm. and how you kind of have to help them with a lot of like um, 
I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like you have to help them learn how to do Navigate that. that and, yeah. <clears throat> um, and I think that has made me be like, okay, like I'm stressing about my own things, mm-hmm. but this little person who is trying to figure out how to be a person mm-hmm. is having this humongous emotion over not being able to have a lollipop. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to, at least for me, is I don't want to do what our parents did and mm-hmm. be like, why are you mad over not having a lollipop? Yeah. And like scream at him and yell at him because I don't want to close him off to those emotions mm-hmm. and I don't want him to grow up to be a man that um, doesn't know how to handle those emotions when yes. they come up because he was told to shut them off as a child. Can I add to that too? Is is I think there's also something that I've been hearing a lot is the idea of like emotions and how you feel and your response to certain things is also relative. So for me, I'm a almost a 28 year old man, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, not having a lollipop is like nothing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but in the in the context and in the relative nature of being a child that is almost equivalent to, let's say, like a college student not getting into their college. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. like there's a relativeness to the degree of how that's going to impact you. So therefore, if I get upset at, as you're just saying, you know, my child who wants a lollipop, I am am going to um, alter how he perceives that emotion just as much as if I told a college student that did not get accepted to their job or the college, whatever. And I told them, why are you upset about that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just a relative amount Mm -hmm. of, um, trauma we'll say, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the trauma and the impact that it has on your life is all relative. And depending on your age, your experiences, your life, what you're used to, um, that's all going to impact how you respond to that degree of trauma. It doesn't matter how small or how big it is. It still impacts you in some particular way. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And that's sort of what I have been at least trying to not only learn, but also trying to, you know, prevent myself from like casting judgment on people that say that they're depressed because I don't know again what they've experienced in their life mm-hmm. to know like, oh, that's a you know small trauma or a big trauma. I, I have to be cognizant of the fact that we all experience different levels of trauma, and that could be, um, you know, impacting that person much differently than it would impact me. No, I'm saying like, I think I'm rambling, but does, does that no, like, I know exactly make some kind of sense? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that it affects my parenting so much. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to, I want him to know that his emotions are valid. Like yes. it is valid for mm-hmm. him to be upset that yeah. I'm not giving him a lollipop. <laughs> yes, yes. Like as a child, that is a valid emotion to feel. Mm-hmm. And again, like I'm, because I've gone through so much myself, mm-hmm. Um, I am hyper aware of how everything that I do affects him Mm -hmm. um, and how like my reaction to certain things is going to shape how he also reacts to those things. Um, And so with the lollipop thing, like I make it a point to be like, I know you're upset about the lollipop. Mm -hmm. Would you like a hug instead? Mm -hmm. I can give you a hug, but also being sure to let him have a chance to understand disappointment Mm -hmm. and not getting the things that he wants just because he asked for them. Right. And all of those, it's just so much that goes into parenting. It is like you are playing like, I don't even know. You're playing chess. Checkers at the same time. (laughs) You're playing all the games, right? You're playing trouble, everything. (laughs) Um, So doing all of that and me being so aware of my own mental health issues, problems, Mm -hmm. you know, all that. Uh, I'm hyper aware of that also with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, back to, what were they talking about? My postpartum? Yeah, about how like you had the prenatal self-diagnosed. Right. And then you had the postpartum, but that was sort of more um, officially diagnosed. Is that what that was? Or or it was still you? That was still me uh, diagnosing myself. Okay. and it wasn't like I wanted to like get up and like leave my child. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. Um, but it was just like, I know I'm supposed to be doing these things for me and my child, mm-hmm. 
but I am just doing barely enough mm -hmm. for him. Mm. And, you know, whatever my mom could help me with, mm -hmm. she helped me with. And I was like, I didn't even really bother to take care of myself. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, if it wasn't for my mom, like, I wouldn't have been eating. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been getting, like, proper sleep. Right, like, right, right. you know, every mom knows the challenge of breastfeeding. And I probably would have stopped doing that after two weeks because mm -hmm. it was so painful and I could not sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to, like, breastfeed mm -hmm. through all of that. Right. And it is, like, the worst feeling. So you had, a, a like, a bad breastfeeding experience the whole time? I didn't, actually. Oh, okay. It was just at that two-week point. I, I was just like, uh-uh, not what we <laughs> doing. Because he was really good. He was a yeah, good yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh -huh. He, like you know he had a perfect latch right the you know lactation awesome, consultant yeah. came in and she was like y'all know what you're doing and left <laughs> i was like oh bet awesome, absolutely awesome. that's yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. doing there we go um, already and so that was all good but mm. it was just like because like you're not used to doing that mm. for so long right um and then just having somebody you know suck Constantly on your nipple like, for and needing that for sustenance exactly <laughs> for the whole day and i was just like i cannot feed my child formula and shoot my mom was like yeah. it's okay just give him formula yeah, yeah, give man. your breast a break yeah. wait um, okay i can speak on that too because again i i just did a pediatric rotation <laughs> one of the things that um was a big thing was first times mom would come in stressed out of their mind <laughs> <laughs> because they really had this thing in their mind that breastfeeding was the only thing that they could do mm -hmm. and if they weren't you know having a good latch or whatever they would stress themselves out and then the child would starve and lose weight you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so we'd have to be like no no no, you don't understand your child just needs food you know what i'm saying <laughs> so like yeah maybe he's not gonna get you know every single thing that is a benefit in the breast milk but the formula is the next best thing you know what i'm saying if you don't feed your baby, he's gonna die. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think just, you know, seeing mm -hmm. how mothers can again, and it's not their fault necessarily, it's sort of our societal, you know, um, but I think even that aspect of like the pressure and like the sadness and depression, I can see how that can be constant because the pressure to like not only sustain the life for, for those nine months, but also after that too, you're not done. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like he still is attached to you in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, he or she and you know is going to need you um, to live and grow you know what I'm saying so it's like a continual thing you know so anyway go, go, ahead, go ahead and it's also like you go from just being like a singular person yeah. to having to learn how to give life yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is like <laughs> that sentence is very easy to say yeah. but like there is so much information like I remember I would spend hours like sitting and reading like what to expect mm -hmm. and reading all the benefits of breast milk yeah. like and i think also like what you were saying mm -hmm. all the pressures of a society on right. you just like the breast milk is good for the baby because right. when your baby's sick your breast milk is going to change right, right, and right. if you don't give that breast milk to the baby the baby's going to stay sick yeah. and you have antibodies <laughs> and you have this and yeah. this is in your breast milk and when your breast milk is this color you got to make sure that you give it to the baby yeah. and then when you do this you got to pump this and then do this and and it's just like so much so information I that you're just like bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've just been doing this for two days right, like right, right, you know right, yeah no, I and can see that for sure. I can see that. For so sure. yeah, so that's just like a lot in itself. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you still had to take care of yourself. Like yeah. my, I was in labor for twenty six hours. Oh my gosh! And I pushed for like two and a half of those hours. Yeah. Which doesn't sound long. Yeah. But that is no, a long bro, time to push. <laughs> I've been in those rooms helping women push, and that's a long time. Yeah. That is a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is such a long time, and yeah. my mom is so sweet. She was like, "I can see the head," and she was so excited <laughs> because it was her first yeah. grandchild that she got to be in the delivery yeah, delivery yeah. room and like see everything. She's like, mm. "I've had five kids, but I've never like seen somebody have a kid," yeah, yeah. and so like she was so excited. But I was just like, "Girl, I am tired. <laughs> I just want to sleep." <laughs> And so I pushed yeah. for two and a half hours. Eventually, they had to get the forceps to get him out yeah. because his hand was by his head. Okay, okay. So I tore bad. Oof. Yeah. Did they tell you, like, what degree? First degree, I second degree? I think it was the second degree. degree. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know, like, mm -hmm. really what that meant. I knew mm -hmm. about, like, the episi episiotomy. Right. 
I don't think I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, and like the husband yeah. stitch and all those things. Yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't, I couldn't understand like, I knew the first degree, second degree, yeah. third degree tears, mm. but I couldn't understand like how bad each one was mm, yeah, yeah. until every nurse and doctor that came into the room to check on me was like, we heard you got a second degree. <laughs> how you feeling? Right, right, and I was right. like, okay, this is pretty bad because I was also on mad drugs. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. like I had the epidural, they was giving me all kinds of pills. I was just like, just give it to me. Just right, I'll right, take right. it, whatever. Um, so I didn't really know until I got home and was by myself with this new baby. Yeah. And I was like, this is so painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, like could not walk painful. Mm -hmm. Like I was stuck in the bed. Right. So if it wasn't for my mother mm -hmm. coming and bringing me porridge and tea and fruits and making me eggs and these big old breakfasts, I'm like, girl, I'm not even hungry. She's right. like, you need to eat so you could <laughs> feed your child right. and lose your weight and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay. Um, so all of that, right. like, I could not, I, I don't know what I would do without having my mom there mm -hmm. to help do all the things that I could not do for myself. Right. Just because one, I physically could not. Mm -hmm. And then two, I just, there was, I had no strength to do it. Mm -hmm. I just emotionally, I was drained from everything that happened in my pregnancy and had kind of took a pause mm -hmm. from, you know, the labor days. Mm -hmm. And then after that kind of just resumed all of the stuff that was happening before. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was a lot. It was a very emotionally draining time and a lot of issues that I was having, like, like me and my boyfriend at the mm -hmm. time, um, I mean, he's my boyfriend now, but at the time, right. um, he, we were not together and we were fighting constantly. Like yeah. every time we saw each other, we fought and then like, we would have a couple of like, we can have a decent conversation mm -hmm. or like, um, hey, there's this thing for Absalom that we need to do together right. and go to this place. Mm -hmm. um, let's do that. Mm -hmm. And that was like it for our good conversation. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. every other time was like, I can't believe you. You did this. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. I don't know how to. You're just mad. I'm just mad. Yeah. Everybody's mad. Nobody's communicating. And, da, da, da. and that carried over up until Absalom was like three months old mm -hmm. when we finally, like my brother had took, Absalom and he was like y'all need to figure out whatever is going on and I got Absalom so right, just good. there's nice. a bottle okay bye <laughs> and then we just like yelled and screamed and cried for like a few hours to try and like resolve that yeah um and even still like that resolution just because like I still wasn't really processing like mm -hmm. any of my emotions at the time mm -hmm. that resolution happened in like multiple conversations and even still I wasn't like satisfied with any of them mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah it was it was a lot going on yeah um and but would you say that is when your um your I guess your appreciation or your consideration for the idea of mental health came about or do you think that just now looking back on that you were able to be more like introspective about it or do you think that was when you're like this is a serious thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I knew it was a serious thing mm -hmm. because for me, with everything going on, I just could not enjoy my pregnancy. As yeah. much as I had wanted to be a mom and I was mm -hmm. excited to be a mom because um, at the time I didn't really know if I wanted to continue doing psychology mm -hmm. or if I wanted to just be undecided as a major right. for a while and or what. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just like, I know I want to be a mom. So yeah. at least I know something yeah. that I want. And yeah. then I got pregnant and I was like, huh. <laughs> uh, not the best time, but like, at least I want this thing. Right, right. Um, but I also felt like I couldn't really enjoy it mm. or any of the like nice stuff mm. that came with it. Or when I did enjoy something that mm. happened, like I felt guilty about it. I see. Um, like I shouldn't be enjoying this right yeah, now type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because you know, everyone was, yeah. had their own opinions about, yeah. you know, what was going on. For and sure. it was just a lot. Isn't that so funny though, how we like, and again, and maybe this even goes back to what we're saying about even like as you're a child too, but you like internalize things so much that like, 
people don't even have to say anything. You'll like punish yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that so weird that like your mind all and, the time? Yeah, like your mind will just start to punish you, you know, you and make you feel bad, and even have like physical manifestations of that to the point where it's like no one is even like judging you or commenting on anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just you now on repeat because of what was already said before. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting to me. It's like that even goes back into like like you were saying like mm-hmm. how you're a child and like yeah. certain things happen to you mm-hmm. and then you carry that into adulthood yeah like even when i was a kid mm-hmm. like i really like food mm-hmm. right <laughs> I, yeah. I like food yeah. food is fun for me i could never be one of those people that was like i'm a meal prep and eat leftovers <laughs> all week and it's just plain chicken i'm yeah. just like holy like enjoy right. yourself um <laughs> That was me for a while. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, good, good, good. And um, when I was younger, mm. I had an experience um, with a family member where food I'm be sorry, kind my of. Phone is my phone's going off. Sorry, guys. Good. <laughs> food kind of became like um, a reward for good behavior in a mm. way. So, like, when there was something that wasn't done wrong, it was just like, okay, well, now you don't get, get this meal, right? Yeah. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but, mm-hmm. like, I actually find that it's so interesting, though, because I have seen that occur um, with all children, I would say, but I think especially with, like, girls as well. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The idea of, like, that food dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it... Um, in just a couple ways in which it manifests, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it, 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 I've seen it manifest in a way that's like bad. And then I've seen some people, um, especially like guys, it'll manifest in a way that I think seems good. So, for example, like a guy may start to like work out and eat healthy, but how much of that is geared to the idea of an obsession about, you know, like how I have to look? And I have to be muscular and I got to be strong and tall Mm -hmm. versus like I have to be healthy. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, So I just say that to say it's interesting that you had that experience because I've kind of seen it. So, you know, like so much, you know what I'm saying? And I think it happens for a lot of girls like they their mothers Mm -hmm. or mother figure will Mm -hmm. put their own food insecurities Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things onto their children. And then a lot of times like you hear about girls that have eating disorders in high school and a lot of the times they don't even know they have an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I had an eating disorder because mm-hmm. in high school for those four years and maybe even eighth grade, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit into college, like, I would only eat one meal all yeah. day. Jeez, yeah. And it wouldn't even be a big meal. It would just be like a little bowl of like curry chicken or something. Were you considering what you looked like or was it just that you felt... Like I don't was... think I was consciously considering it, mm-hmm. but whenever, I guess I became hyper aware of my body because when I was young, mm-hmm. I developed very quickly. Like mm-hmm. I started getting boobs at like eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time I was like 10, mm-hmm. I already had like D cups. Mm-hmm. So everyone, even though I was a child, was looking at me like I was a young like a woman. Right, right. Um, and Which is, again, I'm sorry. These, these, these could all be their own topics. Like, yeah. <laughs> like even the idea of like young girls that do develop. So <laughs> it's so funny. It just plays back to this. Just in my pediatric stuff. And again, just learning about like the ranges of puberty, essentially, and how um, on average black girls develop before any other race does. And you know what's so funny about that, though? What, what? I was reading something, mm-hmm. and they say that girls that um, like were beaten or whatever, mm-hmm. they develop quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I read that. Yeah, I need to look into that and see how true that That'd is. That'd be really interesting, too, to see as well. But I could totally believe that because yeah. a lot of, especially black girls, like you're saying, mm-hmm. that they develop quicker. Mm-hmm. In the black community, beating and spanking yeah. and all that stuff is very normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know it's not talked about in, like, mm. mainstream media, but mm. it is such a normal thing for young black it's kids so to normal. go through. Like, it's so normal to the fact that, like, the idea, like, I don't have any children now, but I do want children. And even the idea of, like, considering, like, am I going to spank my kids? I think um, it's 
even I am hesitant to be like, mm -hmm. you can't raise a child without spank. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even see that as a possibility. You like, know what I mean? You can't I, not I, spank your child. Yeah. You know? you know what I'm saying? I found like the happy medium for yeah, that yeah, is yeah. just mm -hmm. like, because even now, like mm -hmm. just because it's so second nature and that's yeah. like the way, you know, we grew up and that's yeah. how we saw like discipline happen. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes I'll see Absalom do something mm -hmm. and my initial reaction is like beat his butt. <laughs> and then I'm like, girl, relax talk to him <laughs> or his dad will do that right. and i'm like wait a minute mm -hmm. relax hold on let's, <laughs> let's just think zero. about this exactly exactly he is four years old yeah. um and i forgot where i was going you're talking about just um the idea of like puberty oh and yes and okay like so yeah. my happy medium mm -hmm. for do i want to beat my kid or not be my kid is i was watching i forget what his name is but he had like a love podcast and he used to be on dr oz all the time and i really wish i remembered uh, his name he's a white guy that's like kind of like maybe five eight five ten short hair wears the glasses something love uh, love doctor something vaguely remember vaguely. i feel like yeah. you know who i'm talking yeah, about yeah 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 mm -hmm. but he used to answer all these love questions mm -hmm. and somebody he was on somebody's talk show I want to say Wendy Williams, mm -hmm. and he was saying she asked him if he spanked his kids, mm -hmm. and he said, um, or if he like believes in spanking or whatever, mm -hmm. and he said, I do, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I do believe in it if it will threaten their life. Mm -hmm. So if my kid was to get up and like run across the street, mm -hmm. I would beat them for that mm -hmm. because they could have died and killed themselves. Right. Um, and so I feel like for me, mm -hmm. that's that's, your that's valid. That's, that's, my, that's where I draw my line. Mm -hmm. Like if he makes a mess mm -hmm. or throws paint on the carpet right. or, you know, decides to go outside and mess up the front garden mm -hmm. or whatever or throw his milk on the floor, anything. I'm like, fine. Right. Do that. You're going to get a punishment, but I'm not going to touch you. Yeah. But if you decide to go and run out into the street. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever because he's a smart kid like right. he's figured out all the child locks in our house right. so like i have to constantly buy new ones yeah. and like refigure out how to um lock everything and all that stuff mm. and so once he figures that out he'll like run out just because he loves to be outside mm. i'll be like bro you cannot be doing that so many cars <laughs> be coming down the street right. and like using this as their little turn thing yeah. you can't be doing that and running outside and he loves to go and run off you know by himself mm. And sometimes, like, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, he went to the playroom. Right. Ah, oh, he went to mom. Ah, oh, he went to, you know, whoever. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, it's been like three minutes. Yeah. I haven't heard any single scream. Yeah, I haven't yeah, heard yeah. nothing. And you're running out and he's out in the street. And oh, I'm like, bro, gosh. nah, yeah, yeah, child yeah. locks need to be changed, all of that. <laughs> so you. that's that's where I draw my line. Gotcha. And I, I feel like I was cutting mm -hmm. you off. No, yeah. So we're talking, talking about just like the puberty thing and like, uh -huh. and I think. You were saying how you realized, I guess, um, people, I guess, were commenting on your appearances and I guess maybe subconsciously because you had developed early. And I was saying, you know, I think this is something that is relevant to a lot of black girls because black girls do develop earlier on average. So not every single black girl, but on average compared to their white counterparts. And it's so funny because I think we associate physical development with mental development. And we associate that because this young woman is developing pubic hair or breast or whatever, that she is like cognizant of the fact that she looks more older than she is and that she's cognizant of the fact that she is like, um, she's looked at differently. You know what I'm saying? And I think because of that, we end up scarring them a little bit. Mm -hmm. We end up making girls forced to grow up more mm -hmm. faster than we would the boys because the boys you can't really see them develop as much. And even when they do, they develop on average about two years later than the girls do, you know what I'm saying? So um, so yeah, that's just so interesting that again, it's like, it's like because these black girls are developing a bit earlier, they get treated differently sooner and therefore they end up having to grow up a lot faster. And therefore they end up having a lot of trauma because they're so young, forced to think in ways that an adult would, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In that way, which I think is so um, hard, I think, you know what I'm saying, to deal with as a society, I think, you know, mm -hmm. so. And, like, I remember being young and becoming, aw like, aware of all mm. those things, like, 
I specifically remember a conversation that like me and like all the aunties were having. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were commenting on my posture because mm-hmm. I have really bad posture. Me too. I'm like, yeah, I'm stalking. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and they were yeah. like, you have to put your shoulders back mm-hmm. um, so that like your back is straight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, and so now your breasts can pop out and you could feel like a big woman. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't you even had no thinking thought that. About that. Like, at all. yeah. I was just like, I need to fix my posture. And now you're commenting on my body. And I think also in Caribbean households, or maybe black Mm. households, but I'm just saying Caribbean because we're Caribbean. (laughs) Um, It is just so common Mm. for our parents, grandparents, aunties, Mm. uncles to comment, at least as a Mm. a girl, Mm. on our body. And it's like... Half the time, I wasn't really aware. Like, I wasn't aware of, like, a lot of things as a kid that Mm -hmm. I was made aware of Mm -hmm. because the aunties and uncles would comment on it. But how much of that do you think is um, protective and how much of that do you think is actually harmful? And I say that to say, like, how much of that is... Because I've seen this, too, where uh, where a young woman, say, is, like, in college, and you can tell she she is not aware of the fact that, um, let's say, like, the men or the young men be, or even, like, the boys because they're up there mm-hmm. in college, like, that they are eyeing her. She mm-hmm. has no idea, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then I'm seeing the opposite where someone is so aware of it, you know what I'm saying, that it, it can negatively impact them. So I guess I'm wondering, like, how much of that do you think is protective in a way where it's like um, you don't understand the world is going to sexualize you, the world is going to make you feel bad about your body, so therefore, I want you to know that you may think like a little girl, but you have breasts. You 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 do look like a woman, and therefore the world's gonna treat you this way. So therefore, I'm gonna like inform you about it. And how much of it do you think is just passed down and a natural thing that we do that has a negative effect? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it is passed down. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm maybe not even consciously by our parents just because mm-hmm. that's you know the way that they were raised and yeah. I was actually speaking to my mom about it a few days ago mm-hmm. and she was like you know because I was telling her um, we were talking about my pregnancy and I was telling mm-hmm. her about like the whole like sex talk thing mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in Caribbean households yeah. and um, all these things and she was like yeah when I was younger like I wasn't I just wasn't allowed to wear uh, short skirts mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to wear like you know, spaghetti straps or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it it was because the boys were looking at me because I was developed, but, mm-hmm. like, also, like, I didn't really get much reasoning. Mm-hmm. And so I think it comes from a protective place, mm-hmm. like, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's gone about the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I uh, agree with that. And, you know, it's, Funny because I have this debate with my friends all the time um, about just like how we raise our boys and girls. But then I think about the fact that like if I have a daughter, because I have no kids now that, that I'm aware of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the idea of like if I had a daughter, how different would I raise her than what I witnessed or in, you know what has been told to me? And I think in some ways. I would want her to feel like free. I want her to feel like her body is her body. She could do what she wants in many aspects, but to be aware of the fact that like the world is not a place where you can be naive and that you still have to understand that there are still perceptions in the world that may look at you in a particular light and may take advantage of you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that balance of like, I want you to be aware of your body being beautiful and yours, mm-hmm. but also be aware of the fact that like it also has, um, I don't know, like something to that's worthy of being protective of, mm-hmm. and something that also has power in it. Does that make sense? So that understanding sense. that balance, but I think it's very difficult. It is, and I think it's not something that you can say in one conversation. And it's almost like when you talk about like, you know, like how do you um, how do you, you know, look, uh, I don't know, how do you get, like, a six-pack, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the answer that, like, I've always heard is, of course, you got to work out, but it has to be a change of your lifestyle, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 
And that's how I think about these conversations is it's not just a one fix. You go to the gym one time, you eat mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a salad one time. And it's like that your lifestyle has to be, this is how we're going to talk about our bodies. This is how we're going to talk about sex. This is, and this is how we're going to talk about the idea of like companionship and everything so that the whole, it's all encompassing. It's not one conversation to say, look, you're special, da 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 because that's not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Especially because society is still a force telling and it's girl, constant. Exactly, yeah. and it's constant. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you as a parent, you're there with your kid maybe, I don't know, six hours a day. But he's constantly, <laughs> not or not even, you know? <laughs> but he's constantly getting TV and mm -hmm. YouTube and whatever mm -hmm. saying this, 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 this. You know what I'm saying? So, again, just that balance of like, yes, be free. Yes, your body's yours. Yes, it's beautiful. But it's also powerful. It's also worthy of being protective of. It's also, you know what I'm saying? All those other things as well. And that navigating that I think could be difficult and I can and again sorry I'm like well like <laughs> there's an aspect of this that I see the ways in which the generation before us like tried mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. like even as we t talk about the idea of like mental health and how like being a child of course can scar you and everything it's like but that was what they knew in that generation that was what they thought was the best thing and I almost understand why they went about it that way. Mm -hmm. But now that we have more information, now that we have more access to, th you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's our responsibility as the next generation to say like, how can we step it up even further to help the next generation get better and have a better relationship with their body, their mind and everything. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That was a long rant, but I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, it makes sense, it made sense. Yeah. I was thinking about a lot of things, yeah. but like also like how you were saying like they did you know the best that they could our yeah. parents mm -hmm. and it's true because my mom never got a sex talk mm -hmm. right she got her period mm -hmm. and they were like oh well here and yeah. that was that was it yeah. and so going from her generation to my generation mm -hmm. just getting the book mm -hmm. was already more information yeah. than she ever had right right um and then back to the conversation like thing of like having the multiple conversations yeah. about it um, I think there is something that we can take from white people. <laughs> um, what? Really? <laughs> I know where they, um, I've noticed a lot of mm. white parents have like, um, age appropriate conversations mm. about their body with their children mm. leading up to their sex talk. Yeah. Um, so as like a child, mm. um, they'll be like, this is your vagina. Mm -hmm. This is your penis. And right. use like the atomically Actual, correct yeah, words for it, yeah. not just like your PP and your giant yeah. giant, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like, those are your things. Those are yours. Right. Um, if like mommy and daddy is giving you a bath and we touch something that you don't like, you can say no. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you get older, say that you're uh, 11, 12, mm -hmm. you're starting to explore yourself. Mm -hmm. um, then it's like they leave the door open for mm. those conversations to happen yeah. and for them to be able to ask questions so yeah. that when it comes time for the I want to engage with someone else. Right. You already have. That you've had multiple already. conversations mm. leading up. You know everything that your body can do, yeah. could do. What um, you do like and what you don't like. Exactly. At that level of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, in, in that and so their sex talk. Mm -hmm is from like since they're little children so they're more aware and everything yes yeah, 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 yeah. and i feel like if we the black community the caribbean households that we mm -hmm. grow up in if we went about it even in a way somewhat similar to mm -hmm. that where it's not just um you have boobs mm -hmm. okay now we need to figure out what tops you can wear so that we can hide your boobs yeah or um you're wearing that without any explanation of like right. what's going on. Yeah. Because I'm just like, okay, don't show the boobs. Right. And, but that's it. Yeah, but but that also puts it in the dynamic of like, as a woman, you have to live in constant fear that someone's gonna see my boobs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm -hmm. like, and it's 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 the idea of even like on Instagram, like the idea of like free the nipple type of you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. that whole movement and everything, like the idea of like um, like they're a part of this person's body. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. anti it's like. It's an anatomical, it's sorry, an anatomical part of this person's body 
and yet we're all like afraid of it mm-hmm. in a way because of the way that we've been taught like just hide it hide it hide it hide it hide right. it all your life you know what i'm saying it just kind of crazy to me i don't know but y'all be walking around on the beach exactly. with no top. <laughs> that don't make no sense yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes no um sense, but... even when i was i was breastfeeding i was mm-hmm. like so like f the patriarchy kind of right <laughs> and so like um we traveled a lot when absalom was a kid yeah, yeah, yeah. and i did not like the whole like throwing the blanket over your Mm -hmm. shoulder and hiding everything because i was like first of all it's too much work he's hungry right now like i don't have time to do all this do the whole setup and then try and hide myself and figure out a latch and make sure he's comfortable Mm -hmm. i got big boobs like (laughs) if make sure i'm not suffocating him you know um and so i was very like he's hungry here you go right and just you know (laughs) pulled out my boob and and fed him. I'm like, yeah. I'm feeding my child. Right, like, right, right. if you're going to look at me like a creep, right. you're a creep, right, right, right. not me. Exactly. This is normal. And that, I think, is the key is like, and again, that kind of relates to everything that we've spoken about in terms of like the things that affect you in childhood. It's like there's a point where, like, it's like me and you, we've already experienced that part of our childhood. We've already been impacted by those things. So as we get older, now it's like, I know that my parents did the best that they could. Now it's about me and you doing the work to say, what can I keep from what they taught me and what can I put away and say, you know what? That was the best that they could do, but I could do a bit better in that mm-hmm. category. And then also it's like, like with that, you were like, you know what? I'm no longer going to internalize that fear of boobs. Like I'm going to feed my child and I'm not going to internalize what I was taught about the fear of my own, like my own body. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Instead, I'm going to take that power back into my hands and, and see the power that my body has to give life to this child. And the idea that, again, it's like, it's just a part of my body. It's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I think that is the aspect of it that I think is key. And that I would hope that people that listen to this podcast would get to as well. It's like, it's like you almost have to be prepared as just a living being to get to a point to do the work to, um, to, digest and analyze what you take with you and what you can change in terms of like how your childhood impacted you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's my, I don't know, that's my thoughts. But <laughs> Man, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Really all day, honestly, all day. And, and like, I don't know if we even hit everything you wanted to talk about. No, but. not even. Like we really scratched the surface. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, I could just keep going on and on and on for like hours. Right, right. Um, but I think I think we'll cap it here. Maybe think if, so. You think so? Yeah. Do we, we like miss anything that you wanted to touch? Like that was super important about I don't know about this topic or at all. Like, um, I mean nothing that's like super important. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, what's kind of been like the thing that's uh, been helping me out with my mental health right. the most is like um, figuring out what helps me cope with everything because yeah. I still. Again, this is self-diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I need to go see a therapist. Yeah. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am like 90% sure I have like high-functioning anxiety, mm-hmm. high-functioning depression, mm-hmm. and ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go get diagnosed, <laughs> y'all, okay? Right, right. Like properly, and then I will update <laughs> But this is you your guys. own self. But this is like yeah, me yeah. like right. overanalyzing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a psychology major. I find this stuff really interesting. Maybe by like season two, we'll actually have a diagnosis you can share with the Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But just like for me, like at least lately, the big Mm -hmm. thing uh, for my mental health is like, and it's funny because when I was young, Mm -hmm. I think I was maybe like 15 or 14, I felt like I was doing a lot of things that I didn't really want to do. And it was um, like a a new moon maybe mm. we were having some kind of like big family dinner right yeah, yeah. and everybody was like so what are your goals mm-hmm. and i was like my goal is to start saying no more <laughs> and everybody looked at me crazy yeah, yeah, and i was yeah. like i shouldn't have said that <laughs> and everybody's like what do you mean say no more yeah. you don't do like anything yeah. really uh-huh. um and then what now it's like eight years later mm. that's my that's my new goal, goal again because no. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people feel like your free time is time available for them. And I'm like, nah. Like, even a, fr- a friend today was like, uh, so are we going to hang out on so-and-so time yeah. and whatever? And then um, they were like, 
oh, nah, you're probably going to cancel on me because I'm like the queen of canceling. <laughs> um, you're probably going to cancel on me. Yeah. I'm probably not going to see you, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I got pissed. Like, yeah. I was I was heated. Like, my blood was boiling. Right. And they were like, did I say something? Like, did I do something <laughs> wrong? I was like, I, I'm, you're, my time mm. is not something that you are obligated to. So right. don't ever feel like you are obligated to my time. Mm. If I choose mm. to spend time with you, that is my choice. Right, right, I am right. choosing to use my free time to connect with you. Right. So don't ever feel obligated to that. Right, right. And they're like, oh, damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I just need you to know that. Right, right, because right. for me, mm. the way I cope is I need to be by myself, yeah. especially because I'm a daughter, mm. I'm a sister, I'm an auntie, right. I'm a mom, mm. I work full time. Mm. Like all my time is allocated to everyone Something, else. Yeah. And so even if it's just the two hours after my son yeah. goes to bed and I'm about to go to bed because I got work in the morning, right. like I need that alone time to mm. like reset to like talk myself off the the, the, <laughs> the cliff, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just be like, sis, it's not that bad. Mm. Don't quit your job. Don't <laughs> run away to Europe. Like, relax. It's right, okay. Right. And if I don't have that, that's like, I just feel like I'm on a downward spiral for like weeks until I can get time back to myself. Gotcha. So gotcha. I, I would say, Find out what your your coping mechanism is. Uh, hopefully, it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, which hopefully. is a, hopefully. another yeah, thing yeah. we could totally get into for like hours. Yes, yes, yes. Um, healthy and do coping that. mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think um, I would say for me is I did I um did all that, but also I would say is like, especially for like the young men that may be listening to this, is the idea of like not being afraid of analyzing yourself and considering your mental health. I think mental health has been extremely popular in the past five years, but more so for women, mm -hmm. which, I, which I think is, um, if I can generalize a bit, I think women do tend to be um, more like introspective in that way. And I think it's time for men to make that more cool and like accepted. Like consider that the things that you experience in your childhood is not just like stuff that you have to get over, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you ha again, you too have to do that work to analyze how is this impacting me in my relationships, how is it impacting me in my life, my decision making, and how I feel about my own body, my own self, you know what I'm saying? So I think for me, like I have probably realized that the most this past, like I wouldn't say these past two or three years is the importance of that. Um, and I would say that just don't be afraid to like just dig a bit deeper and to um, try and find a good community of other men who are doing the same thing. like. I am so lucky to have the like the close friends I have because they really do support that idea of like like we had a, a, a really like um, a transparent open conversation me and like my close best friends both black dudes and we were like bro like you know we you know we got some issues and we all stressed and we all whatever like and we don't even talk about it. like like I'll go to my homie be like yo bro like what you know like how you been and he's like bro I'm good. But he's not, you know what I'm oh saying? It's like, oh my God, I hate it's that. It's like, that's so common, especially with black men. It's like, bro, what's up? Nah, bro, I'm good. It's like, no, like, I'm like crying inside, you know what I'm saying? But because we're so like macho, so tough all the time, as, especially as black men, we don't talk about that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? I think it's time for us to make a bit more accepted for us to do, you know? Um, so that's what I would say is young black men, don't be afraid to speak about your mental health to, to get you know, sort of in tune with your feelings, mm -hmm. as corny as that seems, and to express yourself and to figure out ways to express yourself in a healthy manner, because that is something that we as black men have to do. And um, we have to do that work, as we just said, um, not only for our betterment, but for the betterment of our black women. You know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes Say what happens Jeffrey. is they <laughs> get the like the like the hard end of that stick in terms of like we will put our aggression and our um, uncertainties on them you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and that, again that's that could be a whole other episode too mm -hmm. as well but um again let's just try and make it cool do the work because i mean we all need to do the work you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so maybe we'll revisit this yeah this yeah. topic we should we should yeah yeah i did not expect this to go like this because i thought it was gonna be like a quick 10 minute <laughs> <laughs> ended up being i don't know how long we've been here but yeah i think I it was a know. good conversation though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's I always good so. talking to you Jeffrey. yeah bro it's good it's good yeah, yeah. Like vibing out and stuff. It's good. It's good. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us ramble. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. 
Uh, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yes, yes, sir. Yo, cinnamon in your body is righteous. Tight as I wanted. Tight as my lips when I locked them in silence. And your cell phone is ringing. And you're worried about something. And you're walking outside. Don't mean outside. Are you on again? What room does he have you in? What time do you